We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I feel like our arms get a little, little flabbier. Wings. Yeah, <laughs> a little bat wings. I know I'm going to have bat wings one day and I don't want them tattooed. <laughs> I'll just have to be a buff grandma. Wait, that's so true. I don't want that wing. (laughs) I'm going to get them sucked out. I'm going to get this chin sucked out, too, when it gets there. Oh, I'm, like, literally. It's on its way. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's heading in. (laughs) No one look at my side profile. Welcome to the Holy Hour. I'm Amelia Sampson. And I'm Liz Ball. And thanks for coming to Mass. We haven't said that in a while, have we? No. I was also thinking, like, what it would be like if you said your name first. (laughs) (laughs) I've never even thought about that. It would be unbalanced, I think, because we've been saying it this way for now 16 episodes. Yeah. Should we we switch it? Do you want to try it? See if people are confused? (laughs) Like, wait, hold on. (laughs) I would be fun. The universe is unbalanced. Maybe we'll do it next time. Cool. We'll see. We'll see. What... <laughs> Go into a we'll parallel tailspin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I was going to ask you is, uh, would you date or marry someone with the same birthday as you? Fuck. I was just about... Okay, so <laughs> I want to say yes, because I really don't like being the center of attention on my birthday, but I know if I had to share my birthday, I would fucking hate it. <laughs> So I don't know. That's the Gemini in me. <laughs> I feel like if I had the same birthday as the person I was dating or married to, I would be like, this is even more of a reason for us to go balls to the wall about that's our birthdays. That's true. Just throw like a big party every year. Yeah, because I really like going, obviously you know this, going all out for my birthday. <laughs> I'm so excited for your birthday this year. It seems like everybody's on board. Yeah, good. it should I'd be fun. say what you want with the plan. Yeah, <laughs> so my birthday last year was a whole event. I rented a party bus, and um, since my birthday is like the week before Halloween, I wanted to dress up, and I made it like 90s, early 2000s themed. And I dressed up as, oops, I did it again, Brittany. And she did the whole routine at the front of the bus at one point. And it yeah. was fantastic. It was before you and I were super close. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want her to be my best friend. <laughs> here we, and here we are. 
<laughs> I would have thought. A year later. Look at us now. But there's a, I just posted um, the video on our Instagram. Oh, like yeah. a little like 10 second clip from that party bus. So that go, was go so much fun. And follow us at the Holy Hour on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun though. I, um, I'm not a big Halloween person. You know this. Mm-hmm. I've just, even as a child, I was like, fuck this. But like a 90s themed Halloween birthday party on a party bus. We stopped at Taco Bell. Uh-huh. We did talk about this because that was my first Taco Bell experience. That was yeah. the first time I had been to Taco Bell. So you would be okay with having the same birthday as the person that you're married to? I think so. I think as long as like they were um, cool about it like me, like uh, if they were like, yeah, let's make this all about our birthdays. Let's celebrate it for a full week. <laughs> Like, one day we'll we'll do something that I want to do. Like, it'll be all about me. And then, then another day will be all about him. And then we can have a party with, like, both of us. That's cute. <laughs> and, like, all of our thing. friends. Yeah. Yeah, I actually like that idea. No, that's cute. That's cute. I think I, that would yeah. be fun. But then, yeah. I, I don't know. know. I, it would be one less thing to try and remember. I don't know if I'd want to date a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to date a Gemini man again. <laughs> Ooh, uh, yeah. I would not want to date a Gemini man. I feel differently about each, like, um, sign per gender. Like, Pisces women, amazing. Amazing people. Pisces men, trash. You can quote me. Cancer men, so fucking annoying. Cancer women, hilarious. So it's really just... They're the, like a second mom. The male signs for each sign are bad. No, I would say male Tauruses... I like them. Why? They're pretty chill. Are they? Because I always like. I, feel I don't like know. They are. I have like a very elementary, like n- level of knowledge about the horoscope. <laughs> so like Tauruses are just like in my mind stubborn. Taurus women drive me fucking nuts. Really? They just like if they don't get enough attention, they cause some problem. They like to start drama, and then when you call them out, they like are like. I didn't do that. I would never do that. And I'm like, you literally... I watched you. I can trace back to where you originated this lie. It's on tape, Trump. Oh, God. (laughs) Taurus, yeah. Taurus women drives me nuts. Or drive me nuts. Oh. Uh, What else? I was a Taurus when they introduced that new sign. I got, like, pushed to Taurus. I was like, I'm not... not, I'm not... I don't identify. I've identified as a Gemini my whole life. I don't know what the fuck (laughs) it means. But, like, when I was a kid, it was my password for everything. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No. And I... So I saw that I was a Taurus. And so I learned all about Tauruses. um, And I was just like... I mean, I'm stubborn. But I'm not, like... That's not, like, a pillar of my personality. You know what I mean? You're stubborn because you have a Leo moon. (laughs) Wait, what's your rising? Leo. I'm an Aquarius moon. Oh, Aquarius moon. That's mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's also a pretty stubborn sign. Is it? Oh, absolutely. I really identify with my rising sign. Like, reading about Leos. Are you just trying to be he... noisy? Yes, he is. <laughs> well, your rising sign is, um, like, kind of the the way you live your life, you uh-huh, know? Like, uh-huh. on a day-to-day level, this is the face that you present to the rest of the world. This You probably... It's, like, normal for you to identify as your rising sign more than your... Um, sun, sun. Oh. Yeah. And the moon is kind of like the representer, or the moon's representative of uh, how you handle your emotions. Okay. And how do Aquariuses handle emotions? I don't know enough about Aquarius moons. I can't. I've read it so many times because I'm like, what is it about Aquariuses again? And then I read and I don't internalize it. So <laughs> I need to read my whole chart. Um, but I wasn't like really into, 
I mean, like, I was always, I thought it was cool. Like, I always thought the Zodiac was cool, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, like, liked to read about it passively. And then you and I became friends. And now I, like, have, like, co-star <laughs> and <Yeah>. pattern. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two I have. Well, I'll plug, I'll plug one of our friends, um, Christy Valdez. She is so knowledgeable about astrology and tarot. And I like the way that she treats it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't treat it as, like, this, like, future prediction tool. It's just insight. Yeah. So it gives you better insight on, um, like, different areas of your personality and how you might handle uh, particular circumstances because each planet represents a different part of your life. And it's not just planets. Like, it's, like, what house the planet is in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it gets even deeper. There's just a lot of levels to it if you don't know anything about astrology. And um, the same goes with tarot. Like, she's not going to re- use tarot to try and predict your future yeah like, and like be a psychic or something it's just like if you have a circumstance in your life that's you're having trouble navigating it's um just to open new ways to try and approach it mm-hmm. but uh her website sorry i'm pulling it up she also is a doula which if you don't know about that that's pretty cool too <laughs> she's just all around yeah she just does all of the dope. coolest stuff ever but um her website for both like doula and birth work and astrology and tarot is creativecusp.com so creativecusp.com. check check her out and get your chart read <laughs> yeah and you know since we talked about uh your sun and moon mm-hmm. and rising I'll, I'll also say mine. Do it. <laughs> Just in case people are, like, super curious. Yeah. Um, my sun is a Libra, and my moon is an Aries, which that means they're polar opposites. Interesting. Which makes a lot of sense, but... And then my rising is a Sagittarius, which is why I am so obnoxious when I drink. <laughs> oh, I don't think you're obnoxious when you drink. I, this weekend, uh, like, on Sunday morning, I was, like asking my boyfriend I asked him like three different times I was like was I mean to you last night because we were like drinking on Saturday (laughs) he was like no no you guys were so sweet on Saturday yeah you were like very lovey on Saturday I was like I'm so happy to be witnessing this I think it's because um I constantly like I haven't really gotten very like intoxicated around him Mm -hmm. I think maybe like I'll get tipsy or something. But also, we're in quarantine. Like, I don't need to get fucked up. No. And when I do get fucked up, it's on accident. Yeah, right. It's because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm with my friends. I got to have a drink in my hand. I'm so excited. Uh But, uh, yeah. And then, well, because when I would go out with Shoeman in the past, he would be so fucking mean to me. Like, so, and then, obviously, I would, like, internalize that. Yeah, of course. Feelings would come out, especially, like, if I was drinking. So I think I was just, like, I also get a little competitive, too. Like, for me, it's fun. I'm not trying to, like... Start a fight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I was just making sure I wasn't, like, being competitive in, like, a douchebag kind of way. I was just... I don't know. (laughs) Everything is a new learning situation for me of, like, I notice how I'm feeling in the moment for about something if I'm, like, oh, my God, was I mean? or something and um just kind of recognizing like how in the past uh that relationship has really like dictated so much of how I 
feel in relationships now. Oh, like, yeah. It's just really built a lot of fear. How, it's so hard to disseminate between, like, what is just, like, a normal behavior and what is, like, not in relationships. Because when you have a long-term relationship to base all of your knowledge off of, like, how mm-hmm. the hell else are you supposed to form those pillars of how you are in relationships? And it's not even just shoe man. It's, like, all of the people I've dated in the past obviously are reflective of the same kind of, like, mm-hmm. you know, triggers and uh, attachment issues from my childhood. So... Like, when you finally are breaking that pattern, <laughs> you don't know what to expect. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's shocking to me. I'm like, oh, not all relationships are like that. Yeah. It's a learning curve. Yeah. So. And such an important one. Uh, yeah. It's just been interesting to navigate. I'm always so surprised when I, like, want to talk about how I'm feeling about something. And he's just, like, so receptive and is like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. How it should, I'm like, should be. What? What do you mean you get it? You are validating my feelings. But then also, you know, I I have to cut, like, my past partner some slack, too, because I was not the same person I am now. Like, I have so many tools now to help me navigate my feelings and express them in a way that's, like, healthy and easy to understand. Well, this is why, like, high school sweethearts amaze me so much. Because, like, you don't... You learn so much as you get older about, like, what you want in a relationship and how to interact in relationships. And you learn this through, like, life experience and like I know a few people that have been high school sweethearts and they're like fucking killing it and I'm like how I am not the same person at all even who I was a year ago (laughs) when in general if I generally think about if I married my high school sweetheart and not even considering like who my high school sweetheart was but if I would hate that Mm -hmm. I would hate to even marry someone I dated in college (laughs) like I, I don't know. We, we changed Like, so if much. I stayed in that relationship, yeah, 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 that's yeah. why. And I think, yeah, I've, it's so interesting that we're talking about this because I was on Pinterest. Oh, I'm moving. Not that anyone listening cares. I'm moving and it's I'm so excited. Very exciting. And I have been needing a change and this is the big one. And also I'm getting tattoos. But anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of change going on. In There's so life. much going on. Yeah. I'm like, I might as well just dye my fucking hair. <laughs> yeah. Chop it, it all things. off. Get, no. Oh, I thought, what was that? Oh. <laughs> kicked my, something off the couch. Yeah. Um, but I, ha- I made like a Pinterest board for like inspiration for my new place and how I want to decorate it. Um, and I was kind of like scrolling through and looking at my old like Pinterest boards I was thinking about how how much I valued like I wanted to have a big engagement ring and like have a really big wedding and like those were the kinds of things that were important to me is was marrying someone who had a good job and settling for that to be like oh they have a really good job like if anything happens they can take care of me and like money will solve our problems or yeah, if I have this big ring, I'll be happy, and just things like that, and, um, like, seeing so many people get married and have kids, like, it blows my fucking mind now, like, I am constantly, like, battling these and challenging, like, my past, um, ideas of what a relationship meant, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'm, like, how how do people even like find someone that they want to spend the rest of their life with that's such a huge commitment it's terrifying it's just how do you how do you know you want to make that commitment and I feel the same way about having kids you can't unhave kids Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. how do you know you want to do that 
Yeah. And then I felt really selfish saying this to, I've said this to a few, I think I said this to you. And then I also have said this to my therapist. Like, I was like, I don't know if I want kids and I don't know, like, that scares me. Like, shouldn't I know that? And you made me feel a lot better by saying, like, your mom vehemently was like, I do not want kids. Yeah. And then she had your brother and she had you. Yeah. And she's just, like, (laughs) such an incredible mom. She's, like, I don't want to say born to be a mom because that, like, minimizes all the cool shit that she did. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, she, like there's no way to know until you know. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. And I'm trying not to be so hard on myself about not knowing how, I, like, what I want. Uh, because, oh, what I was going to say, like, I feel selfish saying this or kind of, like, stupid. But, like, that means that the dedication I get from my partner is no longer going to be just me. And I do think that comes from, like, a depravity of getting that attention in my past relationships. Like, it does make sense to me why I do have this level of, like, probably immaturity of, oh, I want I want that dedication and attention and commitment from my partner, and I don't want to share it. It's interesting, like, to hear you say when you were looking at the Pinterest board with, like, all of, like, the material stuff that you were holding importance on, because really, if you look back, I mean, a lot of women that I know have, like, healthy relationships and they're still like my hand better be dragging on the ground and it's kind of like to be funny (laughs) but like when you don't mean it in a funny way it's like those things are to fill the holes that you're getting like that you're that are being left behind from like the emotional fulfillment like I got to a point with my ex where I was always saying like I picked out my ring from Tiffany and like he was always like saving up for a Tiffany ring you know what I mean and like and then when we got further in our relationship I kept saying to him I'm like I want you to just like design something and it does not need to be expensive like once you start to get that emotional fulfillment Mm -hmm. from the person that you're with like a lot of the stuff that you once put importance on just doesn't matter because like as long as we have each other we're happy which is like so cliche but it's so fucking true like yeah you could be living in like a not that i want to do this but like you could be living in a shack on the side of the road and like as long as you're with the person that you love then like that's home you know like there's just so much stuff that like young me because i also was looking at my pinterest board of like my wedding pinterest board and like all of that stuff has changed and like how big of a wedding I want. I want like 300 people there. Like I can, I would be happy with like a 20 person wedding because like that stuff just kind of stops losing meaning after a while, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. It's really just like circling back to this whole thing, like just like knowing how different like I what like if I would have gotten married like five years ago, I don't know how I would feel looking back on how my wedding was. And I know that I would love it because it was my wedding and like it was like my one wedding, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it it's it, amazing and important regardless. But like, it would just be interesting to look back and see what I considered as important back then. You yeah, know? I absolutely wonder what, uh, I don't know, like, if I did marry uh, my ex, like, what that would have looked like. And it scares me constantly. Like, I know, in the long run, like, we would have gotten divorced. <laughs> which would have been so much worse is like us going through with this wedding and like having kids and then like getting divorced and then not being able to experience all of the things I've experienced yeah just oh I guess also another thought I had had is like I so the way that I see like love and relationships now like even though it is a little jaded like I feel like I know more about just like the world and myself and navigating like emotions and yeah different complex things that you have to like confront in in adulthood that you know you're not really prepared to learn about right (laughs) during your teenage years and your early 20s well so I also like I end up 
I was wondering before you came over, I was thinking about the people I know who are already married and like got married at like 25, 26. And I'm like, it sometimes it feels like something everyone else has and I don't, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And like, even though I am in the best relationship I've ever been in, like, it's still fucking scary. (laughs) Yeah. And I just wonder like if I didn't like learn more, if it would be easier to be happy you know <laughs> well I but do you want do you want that though like if no like it and that's the hard part is like I the emotional intensity that I want and have and need in a relationship I like I could never go back mm-hmm. to but then I'm like okay what if I didn't experience that like what would life be like would it be easier no <laughs> and I think everyone permanently has this feeling of like happiness is something everyone else has except for me grass is always greener kind Mm -hmm. of mentality Mm -hmm. and it it just feels like some kind of elusive like life experience yeah does that make sense yeah I mean like there's like kind of an ignorance is bliss at play there because yeah that's what I wonder like the sweet life then like why you know but you weren't I mean from what it sounds like you weren't happy so it's like is happiness worth the pain that it, that you have to go through to figure out what it means to be happy? And, like, just being from the outside looking in, like, watching you in this relationship, like, how much you've learned about yourself and, like, the expectations that you have for yourself. Because you've always known what you deserve somewhere deep down, and that's why you've ended up with the person that you're with. But, like, the, the amount of knowledge that you've gained just as an outsider, just on, like, what you expect from everybody around you not just in your relationship as a result of what you've learned from how he treats you has been fascinating because like I feel like I've had I've never thought about what it might look like to the outside because yeah you also I met you right when I was going through this breakup mm-hmm. so I yeah. mean even though you didn't see my relationship in the past like you've also obviously heard me repeat how much my friends who knew my ex did not like him yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, how like, excited everyone has been to meet the guy I'm dating now. Right. Yeah, because everybody knows that this is like the kind of relationship that you deserve to be in. Well, they saw my change. Yeah. Over the last few years. Well, I was just about to say, like, you just look healthier. Like, like you look like more well rested now. Like you just like <laughs> look completely different, and not even from like a oh she's like you like started going to the gym like not even like that. I mean, even though that's true, <laughs> but like just like a from like a. The only way that I can describe it is, like, a hydration kind of look. Like, I don't know. I was looking at pictures from, like, when we all first started hanging out. And you just, like, look lighter now. Does that yeah, make sense? I know exactly what you're talking about, It's too. hard to explain. Like, I feel like my skin was gray. Yeah. Does that make sense? Being treated poorly will do that to you. Yeah. To you. And then having to go through this huge emotional transition yeah. was... Oh, my God. I yeah. mean, that was really taxing. But mm-hmm. when you're... When you... And I can't even say I'm through it now. Like, <laughs> there's always going to be something that comes up and challenges you. Oh, yeah. I so. mean, like, it's, you're never done learning. Like, I feel like my parents are still learning about each other, which is wild to me because they've been married for 34 years. It's just, like, crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's the, that's the truth. Like, because we're all always changing. And so the people that we're with have to also understand us as we're changing. Yeah. And it goes both ways Mm -hmm. so I think it's so important to try and find a partner that you can grow and change with because it's inevitable that you are both 
going to change. That's why <laughs> high school sweethearts blow my mind because like to love each other so much and understand each other so much and have the patience to like get through those like really crazy life changes and like make it through all of that is against all odds. Like I don't even recognize my high school self. Like I'm the, I'm kind of the same with my friends. Like I've stayed the same in that sense. Like I'm still, I think I have basically the same personality, but from what I expect from people, like just that is entirely different like I have so much more respect for myself so if I would have married my high school sweetheart like I don't I don't think I would have been happy (laughs) would not have been happy like I mean I dated one guy my first boyfriend um cheated on me multiple multiple times um but the boyfriend that I had after that we were together for like two weeks and so like I never really had because I was still learning about I didn't know what I wanted like Oh god. My dad called it the catch and release don't. program because I would like release program. Because I would have huge crushes on guys and then they would start to give me interest back and I'd be like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> That's And I so didn't know funny. what that was. But I mean I it really now looking back on it, I'm like, oh no, I was just like thought that I knew what I wanted and then when I had it, I was like, I don't think that this is what I want. So when I started dating my I started dating my ex-boyfriend freshman year of college and that was a tough adjustment because I was like, I is is this what I want? And then, like, I kind of formed my expectation for what I wanted around that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard for a lot of the time, but it was, like, great for a lot of the time, too. So I don't know. It's been, like, it's been cool watching you discover that about yourself with this guy because you've been in relationships before. And, like, he I, – I obviously don't know any of your exes. I knew your most recent ex. Not super well, but I met him a few times. Night and day. <laughs> like a totally different experience like mm-hmm. just watching you interact too with your boyfriend now was totally different it was so fun to see you guys on set from what i can remember i blacked out on saturday you guys mm, i don't yeah <laughs> i don't black out. i don't black out and but i didn't eat enough and i was running on one hour of sleep so i blacked out but what i remember <laughs> when you guys first walked in was before i was drunk and just like seeing you guys interact with each other he like kicked a balloon at you and you like threw it back at him and i was like <laughs> there's they're so cute to watch. <laughs> They're like flirting. It's, I don't know. It's been, it's been cool to witness it. Um, I was thinking about the, I mean, cause obviously I've talked to my therapist about this a lot of just like kind of having imposter syndrome of, about a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't really think of it in that way of experiencing that, like in your mind, you know what you want and deserve. And then, um, you know your entire life you've never gotten it yeah so when you do finally get it you don't feel like you deserve it Mm -hmm. so navigating like feeling undeserving has been pretty tough like it's like a habit you have to form though because it's like imposter syndrome with anything else it's like why did I get this job like I didn't like that's how I felt about our job for a long time me too I'm like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing I felt like I was like kind of flying blind but it's like then you you know get used to telling yourself that like you earned it like this was this isn't an accident (laughs) does your anxiety ever make you freeze oh my god constantly that's how I've been feeling especially lately it's just like I will start listing everything I have to do Mm -hmm. and then I just feel so crushed by how many things I have to do that I can't do anything at all yeah yep it's like well I guess I'm gonna nap I'm like oh my god look at all my anxiety laundry piling up I guess I'll move my anxiety laundry from my couch to my bed anxiety laundry is such a thing (laughs) yeah it's such a thing it doesn't matter if it's clean or dirty no it's, it's just usually piles. clean for me. Yeah, just piles. And then, like, the piles contribute to my anxiety. So it's mm-hmm. this, like, per- self-perpetuating fucking 
chore. I hate it. I hate it so much. But no, my anxiety makes me freeze all the time. And then my depression makes me not want to do anything. So then I'm, that's, that's an interesting dichotomy going on. I'm just stuck. <laughs> yeah, because it's the second that I feel motivated to do anything, I'm like, ah, I gotta act no. on this now. Ah! Yeah, uh-huh. It's, um, yeah. Mental illness, baby. It's a we, beautiful thing. We talk about it. We be about it. <laughs> we, we be talking about it. We be being about it. <laughs> In the time that I've been here, my doctor's office has called twice about my mental health drugs. So it's really, it's been a, it's been a fucking day. And I haven't slept more than two hours a night for the past four nights because of my anxiety. It's really, woo, woo. It's not, it's not cute. It's not cute. But since we opened up about it on the podcast, a lot of people have opened up to me about their mental Good. health stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should continue to normalize talking about it. I agree. And I mean, I'm sure there are people who are like Amelia who can have these really open conversations with their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm sure there are people who are like me who want to talk to them more about it, but feel like stigmatized or uncomfortable. Do you feel like... My parents, my mom just started, my dad doesn't talk about it, any feelings ever, so that's fine, but my mom just recently started um, casually talking about my therapist. Like, uh, there was an occasion, like, a few months ago where, actually, it was almost a year ago now that I think about it, but she was like, well, what'd your therapist say? Mm. And I was like, and she just, she didn't even really think about it wasn't like she was marinating on if she should ask me. She was like, well, what did she say when you told her that? And I was like, oh, here's what she said. I just love that my mom is curious about, like, you know, what me and my therapist talk about and, like, how my therapist is, like, helping me. Absolutely. And I'm just so, like, candid and open about going to therapy. I mean, I tweet about therapy all the time. Yeah, no, it's like it started to be, I was feeling super weird about talking about therapy until I started tweeting about it. It's weird that that's, like, a marker for me, but, like, the second I started specifically tweeting about it I'm like oh it's like out in the open and like the world didn't implode I don't know I'm wondering if I know that your mom started like talking about therapy more but it really kind of seems like a conditioning thing with people like yep just keep talking about it and then they'll get used to it kind of thing mm-hmm. do you think that that's what's happening that- I do well and then I also think my mom like obviously my parents love me and are proud of me and I think like uh as a parent who is also a boomer like you're kind of you kind of see therapy as like, oh, they're, they're in therapy because there's something wrong with them. It's like a weakness. And I can absolutely see a parent being like, oh, my my child is in therapy. I must have failed them as a parent. Absolutely. And I can see a lot of parents like feeling that way because you always want the best for your kids. And you want to protect them. I think that a lot of people fall into that with their significant other too. If their significant mm-hmm. others like dealing with depression, it's like, well, what am I doing that's not helping you you know yeah it's, why it's can't always, i make it perfect it always for you. falls on the person who's like a caregiver in some sort in some sort of way so that mm-hmm. makes sense that parents would be feeling that too yeah yeah so it's i think tough. once she realized like um like uh she already thought i was like a great daughter and then to see the changes and improvements even though i think it's been like a bit of a growing pain for my mom to deal with because i'm going through all these changes so far away from her Mm -hmm. that when she talks to me she's like who are you yeah yeah (laughs) she's like wait what that must be a you know about politics well they go from like watching you grow up every single day to Mm -hmm. just like getting like chapters of you it's it's weird like i can't imagine how that must feel 
she was like, well, I just can't believe you're getting tattoos this late in life. And I was like, I'm not even 30. Yeah, what do you mean late in life? And then it's like, I'm almost 30. Oh, God, I'm so glad I didn't get tattoos at 18. What I wanted when I was 18 was so fucking dumb. So she was like, tattoos are something that you're supposed to get when you're young and then you regret them later. And then, like, I told my boyfriend that and he was like, so she would rather you, like, wait until you're older or like she would rather you make a mistake when you're young instead of like wait until you're older and you have thought about it a lot and like make a conscious decision (laughs) about it and you don't regret it like Mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense Mm -mm. no (laughs) it was really funny but that's I mean thinking back on what I almost got I got the yeah let's talk about what we wanted oh my god but so what I wanted I still want but if I would have done it at 18 I would have fucking hated it because I (laughs) I'm gonna tell the story because it sounds trashy and it's actually a really nice story I really want a monarch butterfly tattooed on me which there's like whenever anybody thinks of like a trashy tattoo that's always a butterfly (laughs) tattoo and I fucking hate that because I've seen so many beautiful butterfly tattoos but I get it but um my grandma was like one of the most important people in my life ever and she passed away before my cousin's wedding and I was holding sunflowers for her because it was her favorite flower And they released monarch butterflies in her honor at the wedding. And all of the butterflies flew away except for one. And it landed on the sunflower. And I kept, like, shooing it away because they were all supposed to fly away. And it just, like, chilled there for, like, five minutes just hanging out on the sunflower. And everyone's like, that's your grandma. So I wanted to get a butterfly. But I was going back and forth on, like, what it's supposed to look like. And one of our family friend's daughters was – I was 18. She must have been 25. Brought me to her ex-boyfriend – who is a tattoo artist, to get this tattoo sketched on me. And she said, you have to get a huge tattoo because you're always going to wish it was bigger. And I didn't know better. So I got this enormous butterfly tattooed, like the like a sketch of the tattoo on my rib cage, like this big. So like, you can't see obviously this. That would be like a thousand dollars. And it was hideous. And like, I was looking, I wish I kept the fucking picture. It might be on my Facebook somewhere, but... Um, it was the worst. It was not a pretty design. It was awful, but I would have done it because I didn't know better. So, um, our family friend from, um, it was one of my parents' best friends from when we lived in Japan. She said, she said, she saw the sketch on Facebook and she said, I'm going to send you pearl earrings from Japan. And, um, if you get a tattoo before you're 25, you have to send them back. (gasps) And I was like, Okay, wait, I think that I could, I think I could probably, I think I could probably wait. I still have the earrings because I still don't have a tattoo. 27 (laughs) now. So I never got it. But since then, I've come up with all these other ideas and I'm so happy I didn't start with the enormous fucking butterfly on my ribcage. I would have hated it. My Mm -hmm. mom kept saying, you're going to have a baby one day and it's going to get all stretched out and then it's going to be like, it's going to look like a moth at the end of it. I was like, no, yeah, you're right. I mean, looking back on it, it probably would not have been cute. What would you have gotten at 18? I would have gotten... (laughs) I wanted the Latin phrase for fortune favors the brave in that, like, stupid bro font. No, no. I wanted it... Like old English Mm -hmm. kind of font? No, Liz! I wanted it along my spine (gasps) with a cherry blossom branch. Shut the front door. (laughs) I was so... Tacky, like, oh my god, Amelia. Why I, cherry blossom? Are you like I just in the like Japanese them. culture? I, well, they're pretty. They smell nice. They do smell nice. 
They do smell nice. You almost <laughs> can we fucking talk about this? Kids yeah. are so mean. Like yeah, kids I are fucking rude. have been self conscious about so many things that people made fun of me for in sixth grade. Aww. Why? Why? Yeah, why? They called me I got hips before anyone else and I fucking hated my hips growing up. And now I fucking love them. I'm like, bitches. Yeah. Now they're now they're getting at implants. You and they're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ass implants. I'm just gonna pop a baby out. It's gonna be so easy for me. But back then I got hips. so they they worked really hard on this insult. They called me big hip girl in sixth grade. Wow. I know. I was like, what do you mean? Because like it was, I don't know if this was big where you were, but all of the girls in sixth grade had um, those like bell bottom yoga pants that were tie dyed. Did you have those? And no. like the flap, flap down. So they were called solo pants. I'm going to show you these pants. But like they looked awful if you had hips. Like they were not, hold on tie-dye solo yeah i was fucked once every brand started making clothes like their jeans for women with hips because i have such a flat ass (laughs) i just like and then everything made my butt look tiny i took this video like when i worked at abercrombie i had put on their new pants that were for like um people with curves like and i turned to the side and my ass disappeared I was like, where did it go? I ha- I took a video of it and like I just remember people responding like, what is going on? <laughs> like the pocket placement just like did not look good. Oh no. So I saved up for Madewell jeans, <laughs> See, which they... finally make my butt look like it exists. Shopping for jeans is the most, these were solo pants. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't I wear them. I couldn't fucking wear them. And they would always make fun of me because, um, oh, these were like, this was like when lululemon came on the scene oh yeah (laughs) everybody had those but yeah so i really wanted to wear pants like that and i wanted to wear jeans like low-rise jeans i mean it makes sense why like that style of pant like with the flared legs would look good on people who don't have any hips Mm -hmm. yeah because it makes up for the the width Mm -hmm. that's true i know it um it really accentuated me in all the ways that i did not want them accentuated but i wanted to fit in so i still wore them and it was a fucking disaster and then shopping for jeans i would cry every single time my mom's like no you're gonna appreciate this about yourself when you're older i'm like no i want to hate it and here i am i'm like bitches look at this ass when i worked at abercrombie i remember (laughs) i put this girl like a teenager in a fitting room and her mom kept trying to make her try on shorts and she's like no mom i don't want to try on shorts you know it puts me in a bad mood oh, that's that was <laughs> me. just like this bitch is so relatable uh-huh. <laughs> i was like yeah you don't have to wear shorts no <laughs> wear dresses if you like if you like dresses wear dresses Abercrombie? and that goes for anyone yeah if, yeah that's so true. I still don't like wearing shorts. I have two pairs of shorts that are the only pairs of shorts that have ever made me feel good, and I have them right now. I've never felt good in shorts, and I really do think that it traces back to these bitches in sixth grade. And I look back on them now, and I'm like, I'm better than you. Think about <laughs> and I don't think about that with, about anyone, but they're so mean, <laughs> and they're still so mean. And I know this for a fact because I know people that still know them, and they're so. Don't mean. you hate people like that? I'm like, why are you so miserable? Like, what? Like, what? Oh my god! What happened? You're reminding me of. <laughs> okay, I've told this story to so many people. It's time I tell it on the podcast. So, I um had this was a few years ago. I went to a wedding with my ex. And there were all of these people from high school that were there. And um, this one girl, like, introduced herself to me, even though I knew she knew me. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, we went to school together. 
And I, like, did not even bat an eye. Like, I didn't care. I was like, oh, yeah, I know. We went to school together. And then um, she was like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, trying to make me feel bad. And I was like, oh, no, it's fine. Ew. And then um, she went and told all of the other girls to pretend not to not know me. And so they all were taking turns pretending to not know me. And then my, like, bitch-ass ex-boyfriend overheard them, like, say that and, like, you know, being mean girls. They're just being bitches. And um, and not even, like, a cool bitch. <laughs> like, just straight up, like, cruel. And he was ashamed to be with me because they were, like, behaving so childishly. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I'm not the one who's acting embarrassing. And his parents were there, too, and they were also, like, on my side about it. His mom was, like, good for you for, like, not letting her, like, get away with that. And I was, like, it's not even a big deal. And I was, like, I wasn't trying to be rude. Like, I just know her. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, um, like, I don't know. I It didn't make any sense. Like, the entire night they were being really rude to me. It must suck to peak in high school. <laughs> yeah. Because then you get stuck in that mentality of, like, being like I was you know star quarterback and it's like yeah but like (laughs) it just it didn't make any sense to me like it's no it's what what's the fucking point of being mean when you're an adult fucking grow up yeah grow up it's it's it's, like the energy you're putting into being mean to me instead of like being present at this wedding is grotesque I know it's pathetic I really I was mostly mad at my ex like I didn't even care that they were being bitches to me I was like that's fucking embarrassing for them and then my for my ex to behave that way Mm -hmm. I was like what the hell is wrong with you well I really do think that there's like a I will never forgive him for that no fuck no fuck that there's no excuse for that but I do think that there's a piece of all of us that's kind of frozen in high school because like just based on how I'm still self-conscious when I pass by like a group of 15 year old girls <laughs> like in the mall I'm like oh my God, be I cool. hope they think I'm cool be cool no just, am I walking normal right now <laughs> like I don't know what it is I'm like always going to be like kind of there's going to be a part of me that's always scared of 15 year old girls <laughs> I don't know what it is I mean but, if like, I were bullied like that I would probably feel the same way do you not feel that that way then do no. of, like teenage girls not scare you no see I thought everybody experienced that <laughs> I am terrified of of 13, 14, 15 year old girls. And it really stops there. I think 16, 17, 18, I get a little bit more comfortable. And that's probably because I stopped being bullied when I hit 10th grade. Yeah. (laughs) But up until that point, that, yeah, I mean, that tracks. But it's interesting to watch, like, your, you know, your ex boyfriend still be, like, you know, tied into that kind of mentality of like, well, like I gotta fit in with the with the masses here, and then have those girls be like, I just pretend that we don't know. Her. Like, what do you what are you gaining? It's like they got ugly since high school, and they're acting ugly on the inside. Like, it's fucking pathetic. I I don't know. Yeah. So I had talked to my therapist about that circumstance too. I hadn't thought about it, and then suddenly like it came to the front of my mind because I was just going over shit with her that like my ex would do that was like manipulative or shitty. And, um, I told her that story and I was like, I like don't even care that they acted that way. Like, I think that their behavior was like really embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm pissed that my ex like treated me like I was a leper or something. (laughs) And, um, she was like, well, that girl like knew she knew you and she immediately like, wanted to she's like why do you think she did that and I was like to make me feel small and she's like why do you think she like 
made you a target then? And I was like, because she was mad that I didn't let her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, exactly. Like, And then we started talking about um, aggression in girls because this is something that women always experience. And honestly, I think now boys experience it more too, um, just with the age of the internet and everything like interesting because uh we've widely accepted that boys will fight something out like physically but aggression in girls goes unnoticed and the way that um it happens is like behind closed doors and adults don't always like know how to address it Mm -hmm. so I did buy the book but I haven't like read it I've only read um a few chapters of it but it's called odd girl out and it's just like about the aggression in girls and how we experience it because I feel like it also follows you into adulthood sometimes like we all know a grown-ass woman who acts like (laughs) a teenage girl and like I had an old boss who acts like a teenage girl Mm -hmm. like she acts like she's the most popular girl in school and she likes that everyone comes to her and tells them all her prob their problems and she treats it as like oh I love that everyone depends on me and less like oh I need to handle this as a boss like she's just a drama queen it's really it's so sad that that follows people into adulthood because like I yeah passive aggressive behavior oh yeah but then it's like I mean whenever I was being bullied like all of the adults in my life would say like it's about them it's not about you and like I really wish that doesn't make sense as a teenager it doesn't but looking back now I'm like holy fuck like that was Mm -hmm. so true I wish that I listened because like your teenage brain doesn't know how to process that no it's like it must be something with me yeah your teenage brain is thinking only about yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yeah empathy isn't really something that's fully developed no and and I could have been exactly what they wanted me to be and it wasn't enough like I started dressing like them and I started like talking like them and like it just wasn't enough and so looking back on that it's like oh and then they call you a poser uh uh-huh and it's so fucking true because a lot of the girls not the ones that I mentioned were they're still assholes but a few of the girls that bullied me like have gone through enormous life things since then that make everything make so much fucking sense and like I just wish and I'm watching my little cousins they're 13 now and like one of the their twins um and watching them grow up and like understanding the life that they're in now and like knowing how I felt when I was that age it's really fascinating to watch from the outside I don't live near them but I'm still very cognizant of what they must be going through and I feel really protective and I'm like don't be don't be that person don't be that fucking person because 13 for me was the worst like kids are so fucking mean they're so mean and like for for women or for not when they're girls at that point but like it's been interesting to watch how that has held true throughout adulthood. Like, I am still very self-conscious about shit, like, in social interactions that I'm not actually self-conscious of, and it becomes, like, a habit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I start to notice myself, like, having behaviors that I had as a kid, like, that's almost, like, learned from those experiences because that is such a formative fucking age. <laughs> 13 yeah. is huge. You learn so much about so much at 13. And even though you still don't know a lot, it's still so formative and it teaches you a lot about how people interact with each other. Like what, those things like, that scar you. Yeah, there's like what, what your and social they stick standing for is. A long time. It's the worst. But yeah, it's it's interesting hearing you talk about. I wasn't bullied until my freshman year of college, and I you was got bullied so, in college. Yeah, the first semester. Why? I just was in a hallway with some like these two girls who were 
so fucking mean. And lo and behold, the meanest girl dropped out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she fucking sucks. I remember, like, um, I almost left. I almost transferred schools because of them. And I had never experienced something like that before. Like, What would they say? Uh... It's a whole story. Like, it's a really long story. Oh, I'm okay. not going to tell it. <laughs> it's And it's so stupid, too. But um, I remember, like, two years later, I was in charge of my sorority's recruitment, and she, like, showed up to, like, say hi to people, even though she didn't go to school there anymore. She didn't go to any school. She just dropped out. And um, I, like, she was like, hi, Liz. And I just stared at her. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to fucking talk to you. No, Bye. Fuck you. Like, you were so mean to me that you almost made me drop out and, like, go to another school that, and, like, now I'm here, like, leading my sorority's recruitment. Like, clearly I belonged here, (laughs) and you made me feel like I didn't. God, misery loves company. Like, these people are so She's so gross, too. Like, brush your hair. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just getting mean now. (laughs) The stars are there. (laughs) It's, it's, like, it's really, it's interesting to think about how boys experience this. I never, all of the bullies that I can think of that weren't, like, the mean girls were all men. Like, they would, like... Boys are fucking man. They, there's one guy I can think of that used to literally push people into lockers, like a fucking television bully. Like, what, and he went on to, like, break a bunch of laws and she was in jail for a while and, like, but... Like, the the aggression that, that boys have to deal with. And then, like, to have to, like, live up to that expectation of, like, just, like, punching it out. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't... It's fucked up in both ways. It's so fucked up. Like, that, uh, it's not... I mean, maybe it's different now for teenagers, um, but, like, you know, us growing up, like, it still was not normalized for boys to talk about their feelings. Mm-hmm. I really I hope mean, that that changes. And... I, like, you going to school in Washington, I wonder, like, do you feel like it was a, a more accepting place to be gay? Um, I'm trying to think if, I mean, like, I mean, it was probably more accepting than a lot of places. I think regardless, like, kids, because using, like, the that's gay, like, kind of, like, yeah, way of speaking that was a about big... things. That was big in my middle school. Um, I'm trying to think if anybody came out, like, in middle school, high school, and I can't think of any. A lot of, a lot of people that I know came out, like, freshman year of college, and I, I'm sure that that had to do with the whole, like, you know, like, always saying, like, the F word in school, Mm -hmm. and, like, it was kind of, like, used as an insult, so I think that was probably a big reason, but I'm sure Washington was a lot, I mean, living in a liberal state, like, well, a liberal I guess it is a blue state, but, like, Seattle specifically, the greater Seattle area being so liberal was probably a lot better than a lot of places, but mm-hmm. I'm sure that there were still pressures. I mean, there, since I was in theater, like, obviously there were a lot of gay kids. Yeah, I was in theater too, but I don't think anybody came, like, but anyway, I'm trying to think, but I don't think. But my high school as a whole was generally very homophobic. Huh. Yeah. Is Vegas red? I know that they do have high states, but was uh, your... I feel like it would go back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Normally, it's blue. From the outside, people think of Vegas as, like, a big, like, open... Vegas is Republican California. It fucking sucks there. You can quote me, Vegas fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone I, like, know who still is there is like, I hate it. I'm like, yeah. It's because it's a miserable place. It should not exist. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, like, 
everybody that thinks of Vegas, it's just like, if unless you are from there, it's just like casinos. Like, there's nobody ever thinks of anything else. Like, people are like, people live in Vegas? Yeah. It's like, well, there's a lot of, like, not just <laughs> casino places in Vegas. It's a shitty Vegas. place. Okay, so for this Mary Fuck Kill, we are going to do celebrities, but the ones that have been dead for a long time. Yes, yeah, so we don't get sued if one yeah, of them dies. to avoid some... <laughs> Yeah, and not touch on any recent deaths. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do Elvis Presley, James Dean, and Marlon Brando. Okay, I got to walk through this a little bit. Okay. Marlon Brando has, like, big daddy energy, mm. and I'm into that. I'm going to look up a Marlon Brando photo, um, Marlon Brando, because I have, um, like, Godfather Marlon Brando in my head. Like, old, old Have Marlon you seen Brando? that gif of him, like, rolling his eyes? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> I didn't realize that that was Marlon Brando. He's until, so hot Until in that. literally right now. He is so sexy. He looks like he would just, like, choke me out. You know, I'm into it. Um, he would ruin my life and I would let him. I would, I would marry Marlon Brando because, like, I want to fuck him constantly. Mm-hmm. I would fuck James Dean. Um, and I would probably kill Elvis. I just feel like I wouldn't like Elvis as a person. Like, if I was in a room with Elvis, I would not be, like, I would not be gravitated toward him. So, I think that that's my answer. I would marry Marlon Brando, I would fuck James Dean, and I would kill Elvis Elvis Presley. Hmm. What about you? I, I'm gonna agree with you. I would marry Marlon Brando, for sure. That jawline. His smolder is... Unlike anything else. It's unmatched. God, he's stupid hot. I had no idea I had such a Marlon Brando fetish <laughs> until right now. I knew you had a James Dean thing. Oh, God, I love James Dean. I think I would fuck Elvis, though. Yeah. You would kill James Dean over Elvis? Yeah. Wow. I just like how, like, angular Elvis is. He's vi- That is such a good way to describe Elvis. Yeah. That jawline. Everything's angular about him. Even his hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, those lips, too. He has very kissable lips. Mm-hmm. I love a good pout, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love a good pair of lips. Yeah, he does I have will a say, solid pout. I don't think that I have ever dated someone who doesn't have, like, good lips. Or at least a good bottom lip. That's good. That's important. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah. I always sound so unsure. Whenever I'm listening back to these episodes, I'm like, why do I sound so... I sound so unsure whenever I say thanks for listening. That's because ending it is so awkward. I know. You know. We'll figure it out. But maybe by episode 20, we'll have figured out how to, cl- <laughs> how to close We just it need to be confident about ending the episode. Thank you for listening. <laughs> that was aggressive. <laughs> no, not confident? You, you seemed confident, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks. We appreciate it. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys uh, whenever actually you want to talk to us. <laughs> just email us something. <laughs> Tweet us something. I get so much great We've, feedback from people about listening and, like, there's ways to interact with us. Oh, both. God, yeah, we love interacting with you guys. Fucking love to- if you haven't figured this out about us, we love talking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys know, but we really like to talk. We also have very big opinions, but we're also both very nice people. So don't be afraid Sometimes. to approach us. <laughs> don't say so. I'm not always nice. Oh. <laughs> that's fine with me. Yeah. You know what? That's good. That's a strength. I wish I wasn't always nice. I will say, I do think that I'm always good. I don't think I'm always nice. I think that your, your not niceness is always warranted. Yeah. 
True. True. <laughs> I will clap back. She will. She and, will. And then sometimes I won't, and I'll just ask Amelia. <laughs> Can you jump into the stand up for me? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay, anyway. Thanks we love for listening. you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.